and welcome to Media Plus, our weekly look at the world of digital media and Apple's place within it. And I'm really excited to be joined this week once again by Dan Moran, author, Apple Watcher extraordinaire, Jason Snell's friend over at Six Colors. You do all sorts, don't you? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I do everything. A little bit of it all. I'm a, a jack of all trades and a master of some. Master of many, let's say. Oh, okay, thank you. For thank sure. You. Um, a couple of bits of new stuff. We're doing weekly reviews of Ted Lasso over on the MacObserver.com. So you can catch up my write-up of episode two this week, which I enjoyed a lot more than episode one. And you can listen back to Tom Merritt, Jeff Gamma, and I discussing episode one uh, back on last week's Media Plus. We also got a new trailer for Truth Be Told, the kind of true crime podcast drama series that's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. The second series will premiere on August the 20th, and you can catch up now if you're a subscriber before then. But we, we've got a lot of other stuff to be digging into. Oh, I should actually mention, well, we, before we go into awards, that Apple's been not, TV Plus has been nominated for some more awards. Uh, there's five, it's up for five Imogen Awards, which uh, recognise Latino talent across the entertainment industry. So uh, we've got stuff from the... Mosquito Coast, Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special has been nominated. Uh, there's some nominations for Little Voice and Ghostwriter too. And of course, Christo Fernandez from Ted Lasso. So yeah, lots going on. And I'm really excited that, Dan, you're here with me. Um, one of the things we thought we would dig in was Reese Witherspoon has sold her media company, Hello Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's interesting. I mentioned, uh, truth be told before, because Hello Sunshine is a Reese Witherspoon is an exec producer on that show. She is comes from through Hello Sunshine, um, and but Hello Sunshine has been bought, but not by Apple. We thought that was going to be. We thought Apple was in the mix to pick up this company. It's a you know it's got a very interesting slate of content, but no, it's uh, gone to a private equity group backed by Blackstone. What did you make of this one? Yeah, interesting. I mean, Reese Witherspoon's connection with Apple obviously is very close, not just right. the morning show, but they've produced a bunch of other stuff. We've seen exactly. photos of her with Tim Cook and like, you know, they seem to clearly have a good relationship. It is interesting. I mean, the, the supposition seems to be that Apple decided not to go through with the purchase. And, you know, as you and I were discussing just before the show, like if Blackstone's got enough money to cover it, uh, Apple probably has enough money to cover it. Well, it seems like it went for about 900 million, which, you know, is not yeah. nothing, but it, for Apple, it's not that much. Uh, but perhaps that was either a price they didn't want to pay or they just felt like this was not exactly the deal they wanted to make at the time. So, uh, I, you know, I assume they will continue with all the partnerships that they've already made. But Apple is being very selective, it seems like, in terms of how it invests its money when it comes to production. And they have not yet done the thing where they bought like a production company outright. And there have been other whispers, too. But this this is interesting because it seemed like it was uh, there was a pretty good chance of it and it didn't come to pass. Yeah, I was kind of waiting to write the story Apple has purchased Hello Sunshine and then do a column about why this is so important because it just felt like all the pieces were in the right place for this particular deal, didn't it? You've outlined, bang on, the relationship Reese Witherspoon and the company have with Apple. It seemed like, as I say, all the pieces were in place. So, and, you know, we believe that Blackstone is thought to have spent about $500 $500 million on shares from current investors. Another interesting part of this is that one of those existing investors was the Amazon Collective, which is a philanthropic organization run by Lorraine, Lorraine, Lorraine 
Powell Jobs, easy for you to say. Um, and uh, she's uh, the widow of Steve Jobs. And there's also AT&T's on the books and so on. But there's a lot of stuff that connected the company to Apple. Uh, and I agree with you. It makes me think Apple made an active decision not to make this purchase. Yeah, it is a question, though, because right now, most of the stuff that they're developing, obviously, is stuff that's produced by other studios and that they have a stake in, but they're not directly producing. Right. For All Mankind, for example, I believe is produced by Sony. And, yeah, even you know, Ted Lasso has yep, big Warner and, Brothers logos on it and right, the merch right. is so, so, uh, uh, so sold through the Warner Brothers Show, they have a relationship shop. with NBC right. as well. And yeah, it's it's all, I mean, and so much of TV is like this, I think right? John like, Stewart's media company is doing the work on John Stewart's forthcoming show, so right, on and so right. forth. So it may be a matter of them not finding, I, I wonder, given Apple's sort of notoriously picky ways and their controlling, you know, interest in controlling the whole deal, if yes. they're kind of looking for like, they're looking for the one, right? Like they're looking for the the, the company that meshes perfectly right. with what they want to do. And perhaps they just feel like they haven't found it yet. And that was a really close fit, but ultimately didn't end up being the one that was like, we love this so much that we want to own it and like own everything it produces, basically. Um, and I, I think that may be a losing proposition because I'm not sure that Apple, picky as it is, will ever find the thing that is like the perfect fit for everything yeah. that they want to do. But they may eventually decide that something gets close enough, and we just haven't seen that yet. This is a weird analogy, but I think being the kind of Apple watcher that you are, you'll get it. It feels to be a bit like the conversation we've had around Apple buying car production firms and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Where you're like, well, Apple can sign this check. It's a Mm -hmm. big check, but given what we expect Apple to make off whatever, you know, a car or indeed its media services, it's it's a check that you can argue is worth writing. Right. So why aren't, what are they waiting for? And I think you are clearly right, knowing how Apple operates, that they're very picky, as you said. It's all about waiting for the right person, the right opportunity. Is everything an exact match? You know, not every company is beats, which just seems to fit seamlessly into how Apple operated. Um. But this one felt the closest it could be to being the next kind of beats, if you like, the yeah. kind of company where there's a relationship with the person who's the front, per- front person of it. There's content and products they already like. It's, yeah. It is a strange one. Yeah, I think the other possibility to sort of think about here is other irons in the fire. We, right. we are, There have also been reports, for example, that they may be interested in purchasing A24, which is a big film production house. And, and again, it's, uh, so that's the British company it, that we've seen yeah. a bunch of stuff on Apple TV+. Plus. Yep. And, and it may um, be that they were sort of weighing these two or even more that we don't know about, right? They may have been looking at a bunch of options and thinking one of these is going to be the thing that we buy, but we just haven't decided yet which one. And ultimately it was like, well, this one's got some other bidders or some other interest in this area. Maybe this isn't the one for us. Maybe we're going to wait until one of these other uh, companies that we're interested in, uh, you know, the deal there shakes out better for us in some way. We just, Mm. we don't know. They keep, they're not a company that goes out and buys like, uh, hey, we'll buy six different companies and just, you know, whatever works, right? Like we'll sort of fold that all in. They're not going to do that. They're going to wait and get the thing that they feel is like the right choice for them at a given time. And they make... 
a decent number of acquisitions. Apple is not a company that is shy about mergers and acquisitions, no. but most of the stuff they buy tends to be pretty small. Like Beats is kind of the exception, right? They pay right. $3 billion for it. They're not going to go out and buy. People want have wanted them over the years to buy, you know, uh, Adobe and Pixar and all these other companies. And it's like, they're not, that's not what they do. They don't go out and buy tons of expensive companies. Yeah. And this would be a bit more of an equivalent to buying, say, a Pixar. It's a bigger company. It's a company with a big slate of content that it already has made and is responsible for it. You know, it's behind the one of the big HBO shows as well, isn't it? Uh, big Little yeah. Lies is mm-hmm. is a Hello Sunshine production. So it's not it's not a nothing purchase. You're absolutely right to say that Apple is not shy about picking up companies when it wants to. Often they don't tell us about it. Right. Um, I think the last one I can remember them really making a fuss about was Dark Sky, the weather app. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say other you know smaller value transactions haven't happened sure right they're just they tend to be very quiet about it and it's usually ferreted out at points but the media company is going to be a big production right like there's no there's no way they can get away with buying a production company and not sort of copying to it immediately because these kind of things are heavily reported upon and they're not like a startup with 20 people and especially not when one of the people that runs it is Reese Witherspoon. Exactly, right. So uh, it is interesting to see where this is going to go. I think Apple in some ways, you know, uh, my my friend Jason Snell was talking about this over on his podcast and about like sort of the future of Apple is, you know, brought in all this, uh, you know, content from produced by third parties and like, you know, made a lot of uh, shows that have, uh, you know, sort of earned awards or made splashes. They've yet to produce their own show that really like, seals the brand in some ways right like Ooh. you know ted lasso what we've talked about like ted lasso is huge and it's been a huge hit for them but it's not something they own all of it's not no. their entire production so the question is like sort of where going forward do you look at like compare it to somebody like hbo right like and i think apple is very clearly angling to be the hbo of this streaming era yeah hbo yeah. produced a ton of stuff especially in the the 90s and early 2000s that were sort of best in in brand shows and they're produced generally in-house by their own production arms and i think apple is aiming for that they just haven't quite found the right the right products yet the hbo is a great comparison and we've made uh, it's come up in discussion before on this show here in the uk and in the us when you turn on a drama series even if you didn't don't see the crackle in the opening logo you know when you're watching an hbo show you could watch Succession without seeing the intro credits and it, you know who's made it. Sure, yeah. It's got a feel uh, to it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Exactly. It's got a feel. We know where it's come from. Uh, and you are right to say that Apple hasn't quite found its feet in that sense yet. But I would put it to you, could you describe a Netflix show like that? Do we know what a Netflix show is? There's, But no, I mean, that's it. Sincerely. No, no, we, it's fair point. We... There is a lot of content on Netflix and it's all quite different contexts. You know, you've yeah. got everything. I mean, I'm not even going you know, stuff that's been released out in other places, stuff that's originals. Your experience of Netflix is different depending on what country you're sure, watching yeah. it in. You know, their foreign language, for want of a better phrase, non-English content is, you know, we barely dipped our toe in it in the US and the UK, but it's extensive and hugely invested in. Yeah, I think the issue, Netflix has a very different strategy, right? Like right. their strategy is 
is like a shotgun. It's like, we're going to buy everything and we're just going to spew it out there. And I think as such, it doesn't provide as cohesive a brand. They wanted to be, uh, their their goal was always to be like the place to go online for streaming things. They were a first mover in that category. Yeah. It's, it gave them a huge advantage. But I think you're totally right that it came at the expense of saying like, what is a Netflix show? Like, what is the brand? If you turn something on and feel like, is this a Netflix production or is this something they bought from somewhere else? It is harder and harder to get a sense of what exactly that means because of all those partnerships they've made. I, I just don't, I don't think that they shoot for, I don't think HBO, for example, is their template, right? They're shooting for something I think that yeah. is a lot broader and a lot like we just want to be the place that you go to watch everything and we don't really care as much about our identity. They want to be the streaming hotel California, don't they? Yes, right. <laughs> you uh, can never leave. Exactly. But Apple, I think, is more inclined to try and have a brand identity with with the streaming content but that fits with the rest of its brand. So right, exactly. It has to be high quality. Yeah, and, and that's why they're doing a relatively small amount of stuff too. I think that's it's, that's it's targeted. It's what we've always worked with. It's not going. It's going to be quality, not quantity. It's going to fit right. with. It's going to be. It's going to be the iMac and the MacBook Pro of streaming. It's going to be the highest end stuff. It's going to be, but actually, in this case, they're not charging the highest end prices. But if that is your strategy. Surely buying something like Hello Sunshine helps with that. Yeah, one would think so. Uh, and again, uh, the question is, what is the what meshes the best with those productions? And, and like the end of the day, if they didn't buy it, it's because they didn't feel like that was the right fit. And so trying to figure out, well, what is the right fit, I think is an interesting question because... You could also make the argument that they could decide, and maybe this is an option that's on the table, is like, we're going to build our own thing from the ground up. It seems bananas. I wouldn't do that. But they have enough money that they could if they really wanted to. Like, look, we're going to bring all the production stuff in-house. And there have been rumors about them buying, you know, lot space and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. It's like, you know, they could go that direction. It, it is seems unnecessarily difficult, but uh, it's certainly an option for them. It's also so Apple. We're not yes, going to buy the exactly. thing that already exists. We're going to build, buy huge LA lot space and sound stages and like you, you're you one of us or not. But it, it, I can't quite get my head around the decision. First of all, we should say it actually, having discussed it for about 15 minutes, in typical Apple fashion, Apple has never said one word about Hello Sunshine, whether it wanted to buy it, whether it chose not to buy it, whether it ever had a single conversation about it. Um, I suspect Reese Witherspoon isn't going to tweet about the conversations in the way Elon, that may or may not have happened in the way Elon Musk has over the last 24, 48 hours sure, or so. Yeah. But like, we, the, we do not know that this conversation has ever happened, but it was heavily reported by very serious people that this was a thing that was being discussed in a real way. Right, and that's yeah, right. basically the foundation we have to go on, and we will ne we will probably never know what conversation happened. Right, I mean, Apple is a company again that prides itself on saying no to way more things than it says yes to. Right? right, and and so they are always very they play their cards very close to their chest in terms of when it comes to uh, what things they're thinking about, especially when it involves something as big in public as this. I, I think that they're like you said, they're not going around talking about it. It's not something that we'll probably ever know 
from them. I mean, you know, 20 years from now, somebody might write a tell all memoir or something <laughs> talking about how close they got. It's certainly possible, but I, I don't think that we're going to hear anything about it in the short term. And, you know, we'll know when they buy something because they'll announce it, right? They're, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. going to let anybody else steal their thunder on that one. No. And uh, I look forward to that chapter of Reese Witherspoon's uh, by autobiography. <laughs> Your, hers are Eddie Q's. Those are, I think, the two yeah, most yeah. possible. <laughs> and no, they'll both release one and the two book stories will say different things. Yes, um, absolutely. But while we're talking about branding, and you'll see where I'm going with this, um, the, during that conversation, the other thing that sprang to mind was, of course, Disney and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And in the way that you know what an HBO show looks like, quite obviously, we all know what a Disney show is. And that means slightly different things. So we obviously know what a Pixar film looks like. We know what a Marvel movie looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. You know what a National Geographic production looks like. I could go on and on, but you get the point I'm making. Um, and I think that is more where Apple is going to have to go, isn't it? Because it's not just making the big dramas. It takes kids' pro- productions and shows very right, seriously. Right. Yep. Um, it obviously has found comedy, has worked for it in various ways. Mythic Quest, Ted Lasso, you know, so on. But they look very different to, truth be told, The Morning Show. Yeah. The Morning Show was obviously meant to be the most HBO-type show, wasn't it? Yeah, and it... it uh... I think it struggled, right? Because it had a lot of expectations put on it. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. Enjoy, okay. I enjoyed bit. it too. But, but I think the the critical response was it took a little bit to sort of find its groove. And I think yeah. by the end of its season, it was really packing a punch. But I think a lot of people were like either checked out early or were just never sold on the premise. Yeah. And I think that's that's tough, right? Because it, it, it d- depended a lot on the star power, right? You've got Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. And like, those are all big names and that pulls a lot of people in. But the, you know, they having it be the first thing out of the gate for a company that is trying something brand new is always going to be, you know, an uphill climb for it. Yeah. I think that was... That was tough, but it, you know, it's coming back for a second season. It got nominated for some awards. Uh, yeah, as am I. So I, I think it's not a, it's not as, it's not, it got a lot more flack than it deserved is my I feeling, agree. but it had a high bar to clear. And that was a challenge. Yeah. But the, the reason I mentioned it is because the, and the way you described the flow of the series was exactly right. Because the early bits, the bits that were okay, but not brilliant looked like someone trying to make an HBO show. Right, yeah. The bits that worked really well looked like an HBO show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, Apple is facing that, and it obviously looks nothing like Mythic Quest or Ted Lasso. Sure, yeah. And it doesn't look like the Oprah shows either, which yep. are a whole different genre onto themselves. And so I think perhaps Apple is going to have to follow the more Disney model where it has various brands for want of a better phrase Mm -hmm. under its umbrella and I think that's going to be a hard circle to square and the other reason why I've sort of poked at Disney is because someone is not very happy with Disney (laughs) namely superstar actor Scarlett Johansson who is suing Disney alleging that they have breached her contract over streaming of Black Widow she was told it was a Theater, she claims that she was told it was a theatre release and by that she understood there would be 90 days before it appeared anywhere else. Um, Disney has 
completely refuted it. I believe the phrase they used was without merit of right. her accusation. So that's where we are. That That's the legals, I think, I, you know, I's dotted and T's crossed there. Um, they're both not very happy with each other. But the implications of this are far wider than a row about a Marvel movie. Yeah, it, this is kind of far reaching, right? Because so much of what gets put out, so much of these big deals with A-list talent involve things like a cut of profits. And we've long had the establishment of, you know, the box office receipts and being able to look at it and say, look, uh, this is how much money the movie made. We all know this. And the, you know, talent and their and their agents and their lawyers can use that to back up basically how much the, the actor's pulling in. Streaming is far more opaque. And mm. we have certainly all the providers, Disney, Netflix, Apple, Although, they all know. They all know exactly how much. I was going to say, it street. does seem weird because. They all know, but they don't want to tell anyone, right? right? There's no way to back that up. There's no way for an independent person to say, I got this number, et cetera. And because so you can, I mean, streaming service guess. providers yeah. can look, as I understand it, in minute detail sure. at yeah. what people are watching, at what point they're switching on and off, how long they're anyone. watching for. <laughs> But they don't want to tell anyone, and they certainly don't want to tell the talent. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is going to be the challenge because something is going to have to bend here. The The theatrical model is changing. Uh, COVID has hastened that along, mm-hmm. but it was already under more and more fire from streaming. We've seen, as we were also talking about earlier with awards, uh, the the relaxation of certain rules regarding like what fil- where films have to play in order to be eligible for reward- for awards. Um, all of this stuff is adapting. You know, we have all these models that have been tried out, especially over the last year and a half, and some of them are going to stick around uh, because people are just you know prefer to be able to watch in the comfort of their own homes or pause the movie or not you know bring four kids out to the movie theater and pay a million dollars so all of these things put together mean that the system's going to change and the the million dollars is is before the snacks right that's before the snacks the snacks are a separate million sure sure. uh the uh, the question is how are studios and talent going to react to this because studios obviously don't want to pay any more than they feel they should, which may not be what they actually should, but they want to hold on to as much money as possible. And of course, talent wants to get paid. But the the fundamental issue is that none of these people can do the work without the others. If the studios start shorting the talent and saying, well, we're not going to tell you how much, you know, this has, movie has been streamed and therefore we're not going to pay you uh, uh, your, your percentage of the gross, then talent, especially the high-end talent that's used to getting that cut, isn't going to want to do those movies. It's pretty hard to make a movie without talent. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Plus, you've got unions involved. You've got talent agencies, which are obviously these huge industry-spanning things, right? Talent agencies, yeah, not just work companies with... companies by themselves, yeah. Uh, right. They, they work with talent, but they work with writers and producers and all that stuff. So you're getting this vertical like problem, too, where it's like, well, I can't get any writers either because this talent agency doesn't yeah. want to do the business with me. So all of that combines into... How is this going to play out? What kind of what kind of precedent is going to be set if this ends up, you know, going going to court? Which I don't think it will. I think it will probably be settled. Uh, in which case, maybe they can skate for a little bit longer on like what are the ultimate implications going to be. But 
somebody else is going to come along. I mean, Emma Stone has already reputedly uh, like been mulling, suing over Cruella. Like oh, Scarlett Johansson's not going to be the last person. Who's no, this going is the type say, of my cut. in media and industry. This is a this is the type of thing that can get very ugly very quickly. Yeah, right. Um, so, according to a BBC article that picked up on reports that she claimed, it seems that she thinks she's lost fifty million dollars yeah. due to the fact that it was also a streaming release, because she was expecting a cut of the theater ticket sales. Right. Which Marvel movies are going to make a ton of money in the theaters in, in normal times, so, right? The, but lots of people have chosen to watch it on Disney Plus in, yeah. instead, and, and and pay for it too. Let's not forget, it yeah, was, it's it a premium thirty dollars, it? right? Like it's not like Disney's not making any money on it or only making money from subscribers. They're taking home money specifically for that movie. Yes, and the reason we've dug into this for a few minutes is not just because it's interesting in, in and of itself, but obviously. Jamie Ehrlich and Zach Mayanberg and the people running Apple TV's Spidey Senses will be twitching sure. quite a lot watching this play out, I would imagine. Yeah. It's generally pretty been pretty clean for them at the moment. A few things, Cherry is the one that springs to mind, but there have been others. Stuff that has appeared on Apple TV Plus has appeared in theatres. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously most of it is TV shows. And so this is not really an issue for Apple TV Plus yet. Yeah. And they, and they haven't, most of their stuff has been streaming first with the theater being kind of an afterthought, right? Because, we haven't had stuff that's yeah. in wide release and then also in theater. So one would assume they have come up with some sort of rubric built into that when they are making deals with talent to say, mm-hmm. this is our, this is our standard deal. Essentially, this is the the cut that we're going to give you. And that may be a one way to, avoid this is like well we're we're kind of addressing it before the fact and saying this is what we do but if they decide they want to branch more if they were to buy an a24 for example mm-hmm. i find it hard to believe they would say we're not going to release any of those movies and film it's all going to be on apple tv sure and so, no and you could i've noticed a lot of the language or sometimes languages around apple originals as opposed mm-hmm. to apple tv plus say yeah, yeah. so there obviously is an intention, and I think has always been an intention for Apple branded content to be in theaters, in movie theaters, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole interesting discussion in and of itself. That you could go to the cinema and watch something made by Apple, but we can discuss that another. That's a whole different show. Um, but I do think Apple will be watching this very carefully, as we all go to, because it's a huge row between huge players in right. this industry. Yeah. But. <laughs> First of all, I just find it fascinating that given the kind of lawyers involved in all this stuff, no one thought, oh, is there a streaming problem? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what? I find it weird that these conversations haven't happened, or maybe they haven't. Well, well, the, the, yeah, the I can't quite get my the, head around that. The Disney one are wild, too, because they claim that they talked about it or like, oh, yeah, we know if we go to streaming, we'll have to like redo some stuff. And then apparently Scarlett Hansen claims they just never said anything and released it on streaming, which is utterly bananas when you're thinking about a the billion multi-billion dollar company that disney is that nobody was like well what if we just don't tell like everyone's like what if we just don't and, tell and her? The we can get away with it <laughs> and the superstar lead actor that you're dealing with yeah right who at the very least your pr people should have been like uh isn't this going to be a problem so yeah. I, I am shocked frankly and i think everybody would like to make at least disney would like to make this go away and they certainly don't want to go to court and have to release all their emails where somebody says, maybe we shouldn't pay her. No, that would not be a good 
look, the only time this has kind of become a problem for Apple thus far, I'm thinking, was the famous incident of um, Tom Hanks mm, mm-hmm. and uh, Greyhound, where in right, one interview right. on TV, he was seemed to be very upset that it ended up just in inverted commas on a streaming service. Right, right. Uh, and then realized, not to put it too lightly, that basically the only way people were going to see his movie was because of Apple. And I might have been 24 or 36 hours after the original interview, there was another interview in which he could not have been more praiseworthy of Apple and rolled it back. And sure, sure. Th- that was the closest Apple has come to treading on this. But I don't think they're going to get that lucky and that they're going to have to think about this, aren't they? Yeah, I think it is something that's going to be more and more in the forefront, especially if they want to contend more in the sort of award categories. As we said, they've relaxed that a little bit, but there are still cases where you need to be in order to be eligible. You've got to be in theaters. And I think they like the prestige of it, frankly, as much as they want the streaming service aspect. I think they also like the prestige of feeling like, they're you know they're they're playing in the big leagues right yeah Yeah. exactly and and Uh, i think that that comes with 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 showing movies in theaters yeah i I think there's a lot of merit in what you're saying there it's uh it's going to be interesting to see not just how the scarlett johansson disney case plays out but how the rest of the industry and the streaming industry and particularly the streaming services that have their content in other places respond to it but uh Mm. We will have you back, no doubt, Dan, when we find out how this route goes. But thank you so much for joining me. Tell people where they can keep up with you and all the great stuff you do. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I write over at sixcolors.com and all about all things Apple. You can find me at Twitter at dmorin, and you can check out my personal website, dmorin.com, which has links to my books, the Galactic Cold War series, as well as uh, other writing and podcasts I do. He's a busy man. Keep up with his work <laughs> there. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Of course, you can find me at themacobserver.com. Dan, thank you once again for taking time to talk us through all of this. Quite a busy news week we've had. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Hopefully we'll have, we'll have plenty more to get our teeth into next week on Media Plus. So I'll see you then. Mm-hmm.